and no limber dick cocksucker of an administrator is going to tell me how to teach my classes. Money. While I was away, I had the pleasure of meeting one of the best. If I ever was to meet a Ken Kenneth Cole the third, I would want it to be this person, right? Infuriating by far. But upon further inspection, you find out that this Ken really isn't as bad as any Ken or Karen that we've ever met. Let's get to know the Ferris State history professor who has a beef with his students. Uh, there you go. Um, so don't believe all the hype that you hear about smoking being bad for you. Native Americans have been smoking the sacred leaves for thousands of years. After we arrived, they introduced it to us and we turned around and marketed it to the world. I bet you never thought of it, but people all over the world smoke cigarettes and we did that. It was one of the greatest accomplishments of American capitalism. The Indians always thought it was holy, sacred, meant to be shared on special occasions. And we saw it as a marketing venture, an opportunity, a way to make huge profits off of an addictive product that would eventually kill you. Pure capitalism, turning death into profit. Back to the show. Uh, I want to introduce myself before we actually meet uh, uh, F2F, who, uh, as we say these days, uh, which everybody knows means fuck to fuck. Uh, which really means that we're all fucked. When, when. F to F. F to F means what? What, what does it? <laughs> Yo, he has no chill. He's a history professor. Oh, man. Okay, keep going. When you see me next week, I'll be wearing this helmet. This is a. Uh, this helmet is uh, is actually 300 bucks. It's uh, got HEPA filters all around it um, so that uh, all the air that comes in, that I'm breathing, comes in through the HEPA filters. Uh, and all the air that I breathe out goes out through the HEPA filters so that it protects both me and you from uh, this deadly virus that's going around. Um, now, uh I may have fucked up my life, flatter than hammered shit, but I stand before you today beholden to no human cocksucker and work in a paying fucking union job and no limber dick cocksucker of an administrator is going to tell me how to teach my classes because yeah. I'm a fucking tenured professor. Keisha so called if you want Keisha to called complain, it. He's a tenured motherfucking professor. Yo, let him know. Yeah. We don't care. Would you like to answer a question right at this particular care. time? Would you like to do that? He don't care. I don't know what got him bent out of shape like this, but he don't care. But I stand before you today beholden to no human cocksucker and work in a paying fucking union job. And no limber dick cocksucker of an administrator is going to tell me how to teach my classes because I'm a fucking tenured professor. So if you want to go complain to your dean, fuck you, go ahead. I'm retiring at the end of this year and I couldn't give a flying fuck any longer. You people are just vectors of disease to me and I don't want to be anywhere near you. So keep your fucking distance. If you want to talk to me, come to my Zoom. 
is the above soliloquy. All right, all right. So first and foremost, this dude has no filter. But as he's admitted to himself, he's retiring. And I think he's well within his rights to be upset because it sounds like he's not even... I thought he had beef with the students. But it's more like he has beef with the administration because the administration is forcing the students to come in. But I, I think I find it fascinating that he says that because that helmet he's talking about, that's a very cool HEPA, HEPA filter. Uh, like that filter on its own is pretty legit. Like, man, like he, he's taking that shit serious, serious. And you, you, you feel bad for him, but I, you, you hope he's not doing this like... I, you hope he's not a, a, a raving psychopath, right? You hope that, like, he's not just out here destroying people or something like that. Like, oh, man, it, it makes me nervous. All right, and then I had him down. Okay, so he goes into, this is his intro to the class. So he's giving, he sent this 14-minute video out to his class, but it really contains, like, everything as far as, like, that they need to know as far as the class is concerned. So we'll push into eight minutes into the video, but I just, I found this to be truly fascinating. Um, so let's get into it. So eight minutes in, uh, but so let's get back to it. Like this, so he, this is like him just venting at this point, but for the next two to three minutes, he goes in. Anyway, back to my soliloquy. Uh, so what you really want to know is how the fuck am I going to get out of this course alive and with an A? That is the real question. How does this asshole professor grade? Well, let me set your mind at ease about that. You don't have a thing to worry about because there's absolutely nothing you can do. You have no control over your grade. It doesn't matter how fucking hard you work or how great your grades are. My grading system is based on the Calvinist doctrine of predestination. I figure if it was good enough for America, it's good enough for me. The Indians didn't lose because they failed. They tried everything and nothing worked. Because the universe doesn't give a shit about justice. It's all predestination. And you all are predestined to lose just like the Indians. So you should know that the American colonies, especially in the North, were founded by Christians who were basically Calvinists of one sort or another. And the Calvinist doctrine can be seen woven through American ideas about justice. You might want to check that out someday, but we're going to move on. Here's how Calvin saw the universe. Calvin believed that a person was either predestined for salvation or damnation. Most people were chosen for damnation, and that's because all human beings are sinners damned by their own ugly souls. But despite how disgustingly ugly your soul might be, God in his infinite mercy has chosen at random, I might add, a few individuals for salvation. These people are saved by grace alone, not by any righteous actions that they may have performed. It doesn't fucking matter whether you go to church or give charity. Your actions don't count. Nobody earns salvation because nobody is that good. And that is why in my and that's the way it is in my class. I figure if it was good enough for Calvin, it's good enough for me. None of you cocksuckers are good enough to earn an A in my class. 
So I randomly assign grades before the first day of class. I, I don't want to know shit about you. I don't even want to know your name. I just look at the number and I assign a grade. That is how predestination works. Yeah. And don't come fucking complaining to me. Take your complaints to God. He ordained this system, not me. Attendance policy. There was an interesting letter in the New York Times written in response to an opinion piece that was entitled, Republicans Cry Freedom While People Die. And the letter goes like this. I'm is a professor at Clemson University where I've taught for eight years. Is anyone else confused about like, what it like, where is this energy coming from? Like, so he's clearly upset about COVID. He's clearly upset that the school cares more about making money because if the students aren't on campus, then you can't really justify. You can't tell people that they learn from home and charge them these outrageous fees. You just can't. You can't tell them that everything they need to know is that's sort of the that's sort of like the problem with the, the, the online learning. It's literally showing that you can teach kids off the Internet without these online courses, without all this extra fees, without all these books. All this shit can be done online. But how do you justify it? This dude has it out for the world. He's mad at the world. Years. Like my colleagues, I was forced to teach in person this semester, which began on August 18th. After two classes with full mask compliance among my students, I tested positive for COVID. I'm vaccinated, but among the breakthrough cases that are increasingly uh, increasing rapidly in places where there are no vaccine requirements. There is no vaccine mandated Clemson and only 53% of the students report having been vaccinated. I'm very ill with fevers, chills, loss of taste and smell and hallucinations at night. As Ms. Wrinkle, the author of the original article in the New York Times writes, the blame here rests squarely on the South Carolina Republican led government. And I would add on Clemson's board of trustees and the executive leadership whom I implored to issue a vaccine mandate to protect the safety of the faculty, staff, students, and community members. That was written by Walt Hunter of Pendleton, South Carolina. Our situation here at Ferris is about the same as described in this letter. The only difference is I'm going to be 75 years old in March, and COVID has already killed one of every 100 Americans over the age of 60. In other words, whatever you think of the risk of COVID, I live in a very different world. My risk is much greater than yours. In our first assignment, you're going to tell me how the last two years have been for you. Last semester, I had a lot of students tell me how the pandemic has affected their families. Many students' families have suffered serious financial problems because of the, uh, so they run small businesses. Others told stories about missing their grandparents on Christmas because of COVID. They didn't want to expose grandma and grandpa to a disease that could kill them. Listen up, folks. I'm old enough to be your grandpa. And you people are vectors of disease to me. So when I look out at a classroom filled with 50 students, I see 50 selfish kids who don't give a shit whether grandpa lives or dies. And if you won't expose your grandpa to a possible infection with COVID, then stay the fuck away from me. If you don't give a shit about whether grandpa lives or dies, by all means, come to class. <laughs> now, before any of you go running to complain, and it happens every semester, Dr. Mailer said, we shouldn't come to class. Dr. Mailer said, we shouldn't come to class. Let me clarify my attendance policy to you. First, 
Let me explain that professors have complete discretion with regard to attendance policy. Many professors, for example, allow three unexcused absences, while other professors do not take attendance uh, 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 and require attendance at all. My classes are all designed to be taught remotely, and everything you need to earn an A is available to you on our Canvas page. There is no benefit whatsoever from coming to class. I will not take questions in class because I'm wearing this fucking helmet in order to stay alive. So please, come to class. Enjoy the show. I'll be there regularly because I have no choice. You, on the other hand, have a choice. Thank you very much. This dude is a legend. I I want I want to take his class because he actually mentions in it that you can't like you can't the, so you whatever you think syllabus, of the risk of COVID, I live in a very different world. He's My- very clear about that. Like if you are listening, if you listen to the message, there's several points where he gives you everything you need to be able to be successful in the class. He talks about like if you come to class and you're doing the syllabus, you'll, you'll, you can get an A. The way to get an A is in the syllabus. And this is the syllabus. So, like, he's, he's mapped it out. He's verbose and he's very animated. But I feel like that makes him an even better teacher, especially when you're doing online courses. you got to be super engaging because who wants to look at somebody and just hear them talk for a few hours? Like, if you're talking about U.S. history especially – that shit could get boring very quickly. So I feel like soon as, but full disclosure, my this isn't the first time I've heard something like this, and I think this hearing this come from him gives me an idea that this is probably maybe something that happens to all history teachers. History by far is one of the most boring boring courses ever, and it's an elective, but it's it's not an elective, but it's actually mandatory for a lot of courses. You could be a science major, and it could be deemed an elective course for you. And I remember my. My professor in college, in undergrad, like, he gave us this, uh, he, like, we were going through the course, he was talking about shit from 1674 and, and all these battles in Pearl Harbor and all this stuff, which is all super important to someone who cares about it. But in a day and age where I can Google these answers free of charge, me memorizing the date of Pearl Harbor is irrelevant to me. The most I could ever gain from having that memorized is probably... Like getting someone, getting someone to like a, a like someone hit me up on a side street and say for twenty dollars was when was Pearl Harbor and I'm gonna venture out to say it was like 1974 or 1976, one of those two days. But ultimately, it's it's not and and Keisha, I'm not saying it's not important, but I'm just saying like to to the general masses, it just doesn't. <laughs> It should be it should be ten times more important because that way critical race theory could be uh, part of the conversation. But that teacher, that professor back in the day, gave me gave us the option. Like we took the final, and he was like, "All right, everyone, I've print I've graded your finals and everything's there." And he's passed it all out. And on the final, you had two grades, right? You had two grades, and um, obviously one was lower than the other. And this is the way he did it. The the throughout the course, the course was just extremely difficult for me. But I actually made an effort and I studied really hard for the final, and I ended up getting an A. Um, but that was to no avail because I had totally bombed out the class. Like I got like four C's on the last test, and then like my report on the paper, I needed like a hundred. I needed like twenty pages, and I only got to like 
13 pages. Like, I, how am I supposed to write 13 pages about the Gettysburg Address? Like, I just couldn't do it. And he's like, all right, the grade that is on circled on your test is what you got on the test. And I once again, I said I aced the test because I actually studied. Uh, shout out to Kishar. And the, the grade without a circle is your end of your course. He says, and he said this shit and it was so crazy. It's like, if you are okay with the grade on any one of the grades on your paper, if you're okay with any one of the grades on your paper being your final grade for the class, write your name, signature, and date underneath the one you want. Turn your paper face down and get up and leave the class right now. If you're not, stay behind and we can have a conversation. And when I tell you, when I tell you, I sprinted out of that class with the fire of God behind me. I signed my name so carefully on that signature because it was the easiest A I've probably ever stolen. It didn't cost me two nights of no sleep, sure. But I think like teachers like that who have this, who have energy, who, who use a different type of energy to engage your class, I have a certain level of appreciation. So I don't really think this dude's a Ken. I think he's awesome. I'm pretty sure there's there was a Karen in the in the in the classroom who made this into an issue because I already got reprimanded. He actually got a he actually got um uh suspended and he's on like he's on a leave of absence, which I think is inappropriate because there is a secondary video of this guy and he's obviously and he's and this I know he's like at least a sane individual because this video of him is a very peaceful video of him. He's like he's talking about race relations and stuff like that, and how, and how being silent during racial issues isn't isn't proof that you're not racist. It's just proof that you're complacent in it. And this is the university, but like it, it's a great video. But it's so hard to find through the daily grind. We're working overtime. And I'm sleep deprived, shorty on my line And we feels a fight Seems like every night Don't care who's wrong or right I hope the end is like Slow it down and we can catch the vibes The vibes, the vibes, the vibes